I mean, when you come to Christ, you got to humble yourself. you got to recognize that you're a sinner. And in humbling yourself, you have to be willing to repent of your sins by confessing your sins. And then if you have something against people, you got to go and apologize to the people to make things right. People are watching your lives. You continue in pride, they'll see your pride. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Continuing our exploration of Jesus' instructions for a righteous, kingdom-centered life, Raul will challenge us to be humble and gentle in our interactions with others. As you listen to Raul's teaching today, you'll see that like David, Jacob, and Jesus himself, the Lord can effectively work through you when you follow Him in biblical humility. Here's Raul Reese now with today's lesson. We've been speaking on the person God uses this morning. Turn to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, verses 5 to 6. title of my message is going to be, as Peter is speaking here, the person who is humble. Humility is one of the things that uh, most of us or most people don't really have. And when there's pride, people seem to not only get a big head, but they seem to really hurt people. With their lives. Let me read to what Peter says here in verse 5. He says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to one to the elders. Yes, and all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Three times he uses the word humble. I don't know if we truly understand the word humble. Because we hear not only of people that proclaim to be humble, but you see the pride in their lives. You can not only see in their lives and the way they respond, the way they act with people. And you figure even within ourselves this morning, as we look at our own personal lives, remember in Ezekiel chapter 28 and then Isaiah chapter 14, where Satan stands in the presence of God. And he, it's called the five by wills of Satan in the book of Ezekiel where he comes along. He says, I will, I will, I will, I will. And God kicks him out of heaven. He wanted to sit on the throne of God and go higher than the angels. And whenever Satan began to say that, God saw his heart and threw him out of heaven. Remember in the garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were there in perfect position. I mean, their bodies were perfect. Their lives were perfect. And somehow Satan came into the garden while Adam was gone and began to speak to the woman, the weaker vessel. And he convinced the actual woman to partake of the fruit of the tree. And we don't know if it was an apple up here. We really don't know what the fruit was. She ate it, and then the Bible says what? She gave it to her husband. And they both ate. And what's the first thing that happens in deception? Their eyes were opened. And they saw themselves naked in the Garden of Eden. And then when the Lord was coming, they were hiding. And when they heard the voice of the Lord, the Lord said, Where are you, Adam? 
Not a voice of judgment, not a voice of anger, but a voice of compassion and a voice that was hurt. God had a plan for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve blew it. And then they begin to excuse themselves. When you see God, the woman you gave me, she made me do it. We've heard that before. Wives, you've heard that before. And then the woman said, the serpent did it. And it seems like when there's pride in our lives, we always seem to pass not only accusing other people, but not taking the fall by humbling ourselves before God. And here we see that not only Jesus becomes a servant to man, but he comes from all eternity. He comes onto this earth and he humbles himself before the world and before his Father in heaven. Does the Bible talk about pride? Man, everywhere you go in the Bible speaks about pride. In the book of Proverbs, it's incredible how many times he speaks about pride. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor, he says, first of all, there is humility. So here we see the word humility, those that not only die to themselves. And then we'll see in a moment the pride that people have in their hearts when there's no humility in their hearts. And here Solomon says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, but before honor there is humility, humbleness. Proverbs 18, 12 says, before destruction the heart of a man is haughty or proudful. And before honor is humility. Proverbs 22, 4, it says, by humility, he says, and the fear of the Lord are the riches and honor of life. Notice, humility, humility, humility. Then in Matthew 18, 4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus speaking to his own disciples, or the people. He says in Matthew 23, 12, And whoever exalts himself will be humble. It says, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And that's speaking to the Pharisees. I wonder this morning with each one of us here individually, do you have a problem with pride? We all do. Do you always try to exalt yourself? You're always putting people down to exalt yourself so you can look better than that other person. And in the time of Jesus, when his disciples were following him, they were learning. And by the time, remember, he was going to be crucified, Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. That's pride. And what happened to Peter? He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. But he repented. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. How about in Luke 18, 14, Jesus said, I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than others. For everyone who is exalting himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. The pride of men, Jesus says, that's not where it's at. You've got to come to a place where you know that you are nothing. Nothing at all. It is all of God. In the Webster Dictionary, the definition of the word humble is interesting. The word means not proud or arrogant. The word means feeling insignificant, inferior, low in rank, position or status. The Greek means to be abased, to be brought low, or to humble yourself. Remember in John 13, what happened? In John 13, Jesus, before he was betrayed, he decided to go into an upper room and have dinner with his disciples. 
They didn't have chairs in those days. There were recliners. You sit on pillows. And you recline on the table. And they saw Jesus stand up. And usually what happens is when you come into a home and a servant meets you at the door, they'll take you to the side in a little chair. You'll sit down. He'll get a basin of water, a towel, and he'll wash your feet for dinner. None of them ever did that to Jesus. He got up. He went over. Got a towel. Got the water. And then he put a towel around his waist. And he went over on his knees and began to wash feet. That's humility. A quote by Nehemiah Rogers on humility, he says, listen carefully, he says, Humility is a necessary veil to all other graces, to all other graces given to us by God himself. Now, first point here, warning concerning the sin of pride. Does anyone here have pride? We all have pride. Maybe before we came here, you were really proud with your wife. Or your husband, or your children. But the Bible says that pride starts with who? With Satan, once again. Satan thought that he could rule. You got to read Isaiah chapter 14, and you have to go to Ezekiel 28. I mean, you have the two encounters. And then in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 through 12, you see Satan being thrown out of heaven like a lightning, he says. And one third of the angels followed him with his pride. And they became the demons. Think of today where Satan is today knowing that his time is almost over. And in his pride, knowing that he is going to be cast into the lake of fire, he's trying to get as many people as he can to go to hell. You know what kind of people those are? Proudful people. Proudful people that are going to go to hell. You know why? They didn't submit to Jesus Christ. I mean, when you come to Christ, you got to humble yourself. You got to recognize that you're a sinner, that you missed the mark. And in humbling yourself, you have to be willing to repent of your sins by confessing your sins. And then if you have something against people, you got to go and apologize to the people to make things right. People are watching your lives. You continue in pride, they'll see your pride. But if you're simple and you're humble and you're loving and you care for people, then God himself will lift you up. He'll open the doors. He'll close the doors for each one of us individually so that he can get the glory. Not us. He can get the glory. In Isaiah 14, 13 to 15, listen to what he says. For you have said in your heart, Satan... I will, first I will ascend into heaven. Second, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Thirdly, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the further side of the north. Fourthly, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Fifth, I will be like the most high God. Yet God says, you shall be brought down to hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Pride is such a hard sin. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us on our social media platforms or give us a call at 800-634-9165. You'll also find us at somebodylovesyou.com. And be sure to download our free app for convenient access to a variety of faith-building resources. Now let's rejoin Raul in today's lesson. 
And what about the humble? Look at the second point here. The Bible says here, what does the Bible teach about humble people? Number one, it teaches that humble people are not looking, but they put themselves down on their faces and ask God to make them humble. You ever get on your face and ask God to make you humble? In Colossians chapter 3, 12, Paul says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, Kindness, notice, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Speaking to Christians. Secondly, we are to be clothed with all humility. Did you know that word clothed there in the Greek speaks of a servant that is serving his master? And he never considers himself above his master. But he's like in the lower place of a servant. If Jesus is my master, Jesus is your master, are you in submission to him with all humility? Clothed with humility. And then check what he says. And be clothed with humility, for God is resisting the proud, but he gives grace again to the humble. And then, thirdly, we are to walk in all humility, in fellowship with him. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you that you walk worthy in the calling which you were called to, with all loneliness, all gentleness, with all longsuffering, bearing one another in love. Again, bearing one another in love. Love is so hard for people because we have such a wicked heart. But you know, when you come to Christ and you see the other side of the wall, people that are unforgiving, people that now hate you, they don't love you, even family members, because they see a transformation and they think that it's religion, but not relationship. Relationship brings me to a place of humility, because I see what Jesus Christ has done for my life. And as I look at Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life, surely I want to continue to be like him. How about we are to avoid false humility? Colossians chapter 2, 18 to 23, Paul says, Let no one cheat you or reward you, taking delight with false humility and worship of angels, introducing into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grow with the increase that is from God. Therefore, he says, if you die with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandment and doctrines of the men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion. Notice false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Humility missing in that life too. And then how about the third point, examples of true humility. I like this. How about Abraham? Abraham, before Abraham, now his name is Abraham, the father of a multitude. He was a man of faith. I mean, through Abraham all the way to Jesus, we have the whole line of Christ. 
But as you look at the line of Christ, what do you see? I see nothing but imperfection, sinful people. He came not for perfect people. He came for imperfect people just like you and me. To love us and to cleanse us and wash us from all of our sins. And Abraham, a man of faith, he says in Genesis 18, 27, he says, And Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who I am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Notice his humility. Let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. But one more time, suppose ten should be more found there in Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I will not destroy for ten sake. Now here's Abraham. On top of Mount, looking to Sodom and Gomorrah, his nephews there, Lot, his wife, two daughters. And God is going to destroy Sodom. So he comes along in all humility. He says, okay, God, how about if I can find 50 people, will you hold back your judgment? Yes. 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. Yes. How about 15? Yes. How about 10? They couldn't even find 10 people there. And God what brought his judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. They were full of pride. Not humility. When there's humility, what do we do? We repent. We repent. We look at our sinfulness. We look at we are nothing. He is everything in my life. Here's a second one. How about Jacob? I like Jacob. (laughs) Jacob, on his way back after 20 years, betraying his brother. He's coming back and he hears that Esau's coming. So what he does is he gets it up or his family way back so nobody can touch them. And then that night he goes to the other side to pray. So as he gets a rock as his pillow, he lays down and all of a sudden like a ladder from heaven. And here the Lord comes to him. And when he sees the Lord, he clings to him. And he won't let him go. And the Lord says, hey, let me go, Jacob. I got to go. He says, I want to let you go. So he says, okay, what's your name? My name is Jacob, heel catcher, conniver, liar. He says, I'm going to make you Israel governed by God. He took his right hand and he put it on his right thigh. He says, now your name is Israel, governed by God. He was crippled. He took away his pride. It made him humble. Is it going to take for God to put his hand on your thigh and make you crippled unless you come to humility? God's in control. We cannot be totally proudful. We have to come to that place where we are looking to the Lord and we know that he is before us and he's the one that can only help us. How about David, another one that I love and hope to meet him when I get to heaven. Remember, he already had committed adultery. Chapter 11 and 12 of Second Samuel. And here in chapter 18, verses 18 to 23, David says, So David said to Saul, remember David wanted to kill him. And David could have killed him many times. But David knew what? That he was the Lord's anointed. And David was humble. He said, who am I? And what is my life? And my father and family and Israel. That I should be son-in-law to the king Saul. But it happened at that time when Mara, Saul's daughter, he says, should have been given to David. That she was given to Adriel, the Mothalite, as a wife. And now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And David, he says, he told Saul, David told him not only that he would become his wife. Saul says, I want you to marry my daughter. And when he married his daughter, she became a snare. 
Remember when David came in dancing and praising the Lord? And she and the young maidens were following behind. She came up and rebuked them and said, you're such a show off. You're coming along dancing and all these young girls watching you. When he was really truly worshiping God. And what did he do? He told Michelle, you'll never ever will sleep with me again. I'm going to put you to the side. And he punished her for what she did against him. And then Peter, the fisherman. He says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Lord, when God called him, he humbled himself to follow Jesus. And then Paul, the messenger, remember on his way to the masters, God humbled him. He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then he accepted him. And then he went over to Damascus there blind. And then Ananias came and laid hands on him. He could see and became the apostle. But in chapter 20, 19, he says, serving the Lord with all humility. And listen, with many tears and trials, which happened to me, Paul, by the plotting of the Jews. He never, ever cursed God. He never, ever gave up the persecution. He never turned on God. He stood by God. And then how about Jesus himself? In Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11, Paul says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's humility. Notice. Taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of a man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, that those in heaven, those on the earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, the one that died for you and me. The one that has humbled himself in such a way that we deserve help, but he's given us heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever here would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, I am lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, he says. And get this, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today, as we've listened to the example that Jesus set in washing his disciples' feet, we hope you've been inspired to put others first and yourself last. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the message you've just heard, we can send you an unedited copy for a gift of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, The Person Who is Humble. We'd also like to offer you a helpful new resource from Raul titled Sermon of Sermons. Diving into the practical instructions of Christ's Sermon on the Mount, this book will show you how to represent the Lord well in all areas of your life. 
You'll see that in everything from the handling of your finances to your willingness to forgive others, you can bring glory to God's name. So contact us today to order Wall's new book titled Sermon of Sermons for the introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're committed to helping you nurture your relationship with God by growing in your understanding of His Word. Let us know how we can best support you. And be sure to take advantage of all of our free resources. Join Rawl on YouTube for Straight Talk every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. This is a question-and-answer format program that provides Bible-based insights for godly living, and you won't want to miss out on it. For more of Rawl's teaching, download a podcast of any of these programs using Spotify or iTunes. And, of course, you can visit us online to subscribe to Rawl's uplifting daily devotional emails. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your partnership is crucial to the success of what we do every day. We're grateful for your generous tax-deductible contributions. Thanks again for making us a part of your day today. It's always an honor to study the Bible with you, and we hope you'll join us next time for more biblical truth to direct your steps and strengthen your heart as you walk daily with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's Raul with a closing comment from today's lesson. Let me finish with these words. Humility. Many people struggle with puffed-up attitudes due to a perceiving of value of self-importance. But it only takes a little pin to burst the bubble of pride. Just a little pin. Have a balloon. It's gone. That's pride. God can humble us. God can break us. But surely we want to give ourselves to Him even here this morning. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.